You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. Welcome to the Living Presence Podcast for Sunday, May 27th. My name is Brianne Swan, and I'm the Community Minister for the Living Presence Ministry, a new and emergent form of community ministry by the United Church of Canada in East Gwillimbury. It's about 11 p.m., and I am sitting beside my three-year-old son, Simon. Simon, would you like to say hi? Hi. Simon's not feeling very well. Both of my kids have, for the last week and a half, first son number one and now Simon, have been going through a very, very painful intestinal bug. And such that last week I wasn't even able to put out an episode. And this week it's just going to be a mini episode because when your babies are sick, what do you do? So I'm sitting beside Simon recording with my phone while watching Paw Patrol in the middle of the night. This week we are looking at a passage from the Gospel of Luke, which is a gospel we haven't actually explored yet. And in this passage, the disciples are gathered around Jesus and they are arguing amongst themselves and once again falling into the trap of asking all of the wrong questions and wondering who amongst them is the greatest. And in true Jesus fashion, he does not give them the answer that they are expecting. Hi, this is John Helps. I'm recording in the Okanagan here out in British Columbia. And I'm out for lunch at the Golden Chopsticks in Asoyas. I'm reading Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. I'm going to read from the Common English Bible. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Aware of their deepest thoughts, Jesus took a little child and had the child stand beside him. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever is least among you all is the greatest. That was John Helps reading this very short passage from the Gospel of Luke in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. And we're going to do this reflection with a little bit of Paw Patrol playing in the background. But I've been wondering as I've been thinking about this passage over the past few weeks, what part of being a child are we supposed to be welcoming here? In previous episodes, I've mentioned that I'm a mother to two small boys. So is it the snuggly toddler we're supposed to be welcoming? Are we supposed to be like my curious six-year-old? Be like my three-year-old who screams when we have to leave the park? Or like the kindergartner who, now that he knows how to read, gives me a hard time about wearing Tuesday's underwear on Saturday? Speaking of Saturday and speaking of children, I am the first to admit 
that I am a Saturday night sermon writer. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm not a slacker. I do a lot of thinking about what I want to say all week. It's just that it takes me until Saturday to understand what is the most important nugget I wish to talk about for 15 minutes. So far, this has been totally fine. A few late nights when hitting writer's block, but never really a crisis. Jesus says to his friends that the least among them shall be the greatest. And in this example, the least equals a child. Well, children can be unpredictable. And while my kids often surprise me at how robust they are, they are also fragile. They are vulnerable. Last weekend, I'd made big, big plans to go to Stratford with my two little guys. My mother lives in Stratford, and we were all going to go see the music man. My poor mother has been looking forward to this play for months. We went to the play, but we didn't end up seeing the whole thing. We had to leave partway through, and our day ended with me needing to take son number one to the emergency room. I was up with him all Saturday night, my poor little vulnerable guy, so tiny, in so much pain, and so much confusion about what was going on. So I was up with him all night, and then needed to preach and officiate a service in Toronto the next morning. And I showed up without a sermon. I knew what I had wanted to talk about, but the intensity of the night before and the fact that I hadn't slept in 36 hours made everything feel very raw and vulnerable. I am not experienced enough in worship leadership to feel comfortable just winging it. However, the fine people at Manor Road United Church were very gracious, and we had a nice kind of fireside chat about the Living Presence Ministry and about openness and vulnerability. It seems odd, and it would have seemed odd at the time, too, for Jesus to suggest that there is any greatness in vulnerability. He certainly didn't live in a time when vulnerability was celebrated. Jesus came from an agrarian society where weakness could mean destruction. It could mean not being able to survive. And there is certainly nothing in our current political climate to indicate that vulnerability and openness are qualities in high demand. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. But there is a distinct difference between being vulnerable and being weak. Vulnerability actually enhances your ability to lead by being able to relate to others who are experiencing struggle. Openness and vulnerability allow others to see themselves in you. Weakness often comes from a complete lack of self-understanding. Jesus knows that he's not going to be around with the disciples forever. 
and they are the ones who are going to need to take over the movement. They are the ones who are going to need to lead and love and find their way into their people's hearts. It makes me think of one of the great theological and philosophical texts of our time, Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Ethics of Living has been a key program with the Living Presence Ministry. We use the Harry Potter series as a common text for kids of varying faith backgrounds or no faith backgrounds to come together and talk about what it means to live justly and with compassion in the world. Now, if you somehow haven't read the series or seen any of the movies, first of all, you really should do that. It is a story of call, destiny, quest, and purpose. And if you do intend on reading the series... The next couple of minutes are going to contain some spoilers, so if that bothers you, feel free to just skip ahead a little bit. At the beginning of the seventh and final book, each of the three main protagonists, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, are sitting down, rather reluctantly, with the Minister of Magic, receiving items that Dumbledore, who was their previous headmaster, had left for them in his will. Hermione receives a book of children's stories, the magical equivalent to Brothers Grimm fairy tales. In order to fulfill her part of this quest, Hermione needs to learn openness to the wisdom in that which is childlike, a vulnerable space for one whose identity is wrapped up in knowing all of the answers. Ron receives the Deluminator, a way to navigate back to the others after he's abandoned them, a vulnerable space of knowing he was wrong and being open to the consequences and also to asking for forgiveness. And Harry receives the snitch from his very first Quidditch game. When he kisses it, it says, I open at the close. And the close ends up being moments before his death, as vulnerable a time as there ever could be. But Harry walks towards death and meets that which he fears openly, knowing that his death will likely save the lives of others. Harry allows his vulnerability to be his and other people's salvation. Although J.K. Rowling is clear the story is not intended to reflect any one belief system, Rowling grew up within the Christian story, and the parallels are impossible to ignore. Harry Potter is definitely a story of resurrection. And it's funny, because although when the series came out, there were many Christian groups who asked for the Harry Potter series to be removed from schools because it contained positive images of witches and wizards, I now deal with parents whose children would like to join our Harry Potter group, but won't let them because I represent a Christian ministry. Even though we only mention God or Jesus or Muhammad or whatever, if the kids bring it up themselves. 
I open at the close, only in desperate times and at the end. Depending on who you might speak with, the denomination I belong to, the United Church of Canada, is finding itself in some desperate times. I've mentioned this before, but the United Church, like many mainline denominations, is going through a period where our numbers are declining. And in this vulnerable time, the United Church is trying to figure out some ways to do church differently, to respond to the needs of our communities directly and not necessarily tied to a church building. In 2014, a group called the Toronto United Church Council carried out a demographic study and found that East Gwillimbury, and particularly the community of Queensville, is in the midst of an unprecedented level of population growth. By 2031, East Gwillimbury's population is set to rise to 87,000 people, which is a 300% increase from 2006 levels. Realizing that the scope of this growth exceeded the local congregation's ability to respond Our presbytery, which is a level of governance within our denomination, created the Living Presence Ministry with the intention for it to both strengthen the five area United Church congregations, as well as offer a new experience of faith and spirituality for members of the community who wouldn't be attracted to traditional church, no matter what the inherited congregations offered. A house was purchased within the My Queensville development, and this is the base of all of our ministry in the community. It is both my family's home and a community hub. I offer pastoral care for those in transition and crisis. We keep a food pantry for those struggling to make ends meet in our basement and advocate on behalf of the new residents to town council and the school board. We host community dinners to help facilitate connection. And in addition to the Harry Potter group, we have started a special series of worship services centered around popular music with services using the music of the Tragically Hip, Gordon Lightfoot, the Beatles, and a Canadian folk liturgy that we did before Christmas last year. We soon hope to host small gatherings for a weekly meditation session and interdenominational worship service. Mostly, though, when people in the community ask what I do, I tell them to think of me as a community chaplain. I'm there to make sure everybody is okay. Living Presence is becoming deeply embedded within the community from its inception in and with and among the people, striving to follow the examples of how to treat one another that we hear Jesus describing elsewhere in the Gospels. It is a ministry of presence. It is a ministry of openness. And there is a vulnerability in that because I often don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm just learning as I go. This is a ministry of relationship. I'm trying to embrace my children's qualities of living in the moment and taking joy in the small victories here and now. 
part of this passage from Luke, and indeed many of Jesus' interactions with the disciples, is the fact that they're missing the point. They're asking all the wrong questions. Jesus is doing one big giant facepalm right now. Part of my role with the Living Presence Ministry and how I approach faith and being in the world is trying to figure out what are the questions I should be asking right now. And much of the time, the answer is simply, how can I help? So last week, I sat before the folks at Manor Road in jeans and the previous day's t-shirt. And tonight, I'm reading this reflection into my phone with my sick toddler sprawled across my lap, reminding myself that in his vulnerability, in his beautiful, messy, childlike being, is the key to living our best, most connected, relational, and loving life. But I do really hope he gets better soon.
That was Ainsley McNeeny with her song Closer from her album True Story Orchestra. You can find Ainsley online at www.ainsleymcneeny.com or you can go to the show notes on our website and follow her links. Thank you so much for listening to this highly toddler-infused mini-episode. Barring any further health crises in my household, we'll be back next week with the story of Pentecost. Not sure what Pentecost is? That's okay. We're going to go through it next week. But until then, be good to yourselves, and we'll see you soon. podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.